This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting in Michigan. We thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I am Jolan Ansami, your co-host joined by Natasha Sardorj, economist and co-founder of the International Leaders Summit. America's Roundtable brings together leading voices from business, government, media, and the public policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and via YouTube on International Leaders Summit. Visit iLeadersSummit.org. This weekend on America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting in Michigan and the Midwest, we're delighted to welcome special guests to our program, Eric Trump, Executive Vice President of the Trump Organization. We extend to Eric Trump a very warm welcome. Welcome, Eric. Welcome, Eric. Uh, thank you very much, guys. It's wonderful to be on. Uh, your father, President Trump, will be visiting Michigan today, Saturday, October 16, and delivering remarks to support America's law enforcement. What other issues will President Trump be covering and sharing with our fellow Americans in Michigan today? Yeah, well, listen, I think, uh, you know, I think my father will be sharing a message of American greatness, I and mean, that's kind of what, what, what he does. And, you know, we live in the greatest country on earth. Um, there's no question about that. Um, my father's... Uh, a person that loves the American flag. He loves red, white, and blue. He believes in standing for the national anthem. He believes in saying the Pledge of Allegiance. Um, he wants our country to win at everything we, we, we do. He wants our country to be, um, you know, have the greatest economy, the lowest unemployment, the fastest wage growth, the lowest taxes. He wants to have the strongest military. He wants to have our veterans taken care of. He wants to have the best health care costs. And you see, guys, what he's doing every single day with prescription drug pricing. I mean, it's something that he's very, very, very focused on. He wants to lower the price of prescription drug prices, and um, he wants the best school systems and school choice, and he wants manufacturing to continue to come back to this country. And I think most of all, he doesn't want a person who's been in Washington, D.C., like Joe Biden has been for 47 years. I mean, Joe Biden was in Washington, D.C., 10 years before I took my first breath on this planet. And, you know, I'm not the youngest guy in the world. and it's. Uh, you know, that's what we're fighting for. We're fighting for America. We're fighting for a country that we love. And, um, and uh, you know, that's what he'll be talking about today. Eric, you've said it so well. In these past three and a half years, we have seen record-breaking implementation of principal policy endeavors, criminal justice reform, uh, tax reform, uh, lowering prices for insulin and other important measures that benefit the American people. Uh, Eric, this past week, one of the major print publications, the fourth largest newspaper in the country, the New York Post, reported on emails alleging former Vice President Joe Biden was not honest about his son's overseas business dealings tied to Burisma, an alleged criminal enterprise in Ukraine. Hunter Biden apparently was on the payroll of Burisma receiving $50,000 a month. Hunter Biden also received $3.5 million wire transferred from Elena Baturina, the wife of a former mayor of Moscow. And we also find out that Chinese Communist Party state companies have done business with Hunter Biden. We found out that uh, the company reports it may have some 2.1 billion U.S. dollars with partners such as the Bank of China International Holdings Limited. 
Uh, we are very concerned about these findings, uh, criminal enterprises and the Chinese Communist Party and America's national security. Eric, is Joe Biden being honest with the American people while his family members, including his own brother, has amassed significant wealth while he, Joe Biden, served in public office for the last 50 years? Guys, if I did one one-hundredth of what Hunter Biden did, I'd be in jail for the rest of my life. Um, what he's done is wrong. He fully admits that he knows nothing about natural gas. He fully admits that he you know, he clearly doesn't speak Ukrainian. So why is he making $50,000? It's actually, I think, more than that. I think he made $3,000 a month sitting on a board of a company um, in an industry he knows nothing about, you know, in a country where he doesn't speak the language. Give me a break. Um, no one buys it. And I just ask anybody, anybody listening today, Google. Joe Biden's house. Google his house. Just Google a picture of his house. And you tell me whether on a, on a salary, a, a government salary for the last 47 years, whether or not he could afford that house. And I can tell you he can't. Um, he simply can't. And there's massive corruption. It appears that there's absolute massive corruption. And somebody's got to do something about it. Um, somebody has to do something about it. And the fact that Stephanopoulos last night didn't even mention it. I mean, they literally didn't even mention it on on ABC during the town hall. They never asked him about it. It's disgusting. The, the media in this country is, uh, is, is truly horrible. And, um, but Americans see through it, and Americans are asking these questions. I think ultimately they'll get to the bottom of it. Right. It's not just the mainstream media that you mentioned, but also this past week, uh, Twitter has locked out White House Press Secretary Kayleigh McEnany from her personal account for sharing New York Post Hunter Biden report. And Texas Senator Cruz called it the active election interference by blocking the news of alleged Joe Biden's corruption. Now, on May 28, 2020, President Trump signed an executive order to protect and uphold the free speech and rights of the American people through preventing online censorship. Executive order is calling for new regulations under Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act to remove liability shield to social media companies which engage in censoring or any political conduct. Currently, social media giants like Twitter receive an unprecedented liability shield based on the theory that they are a neutral platform. However, once they engage in suppressing, editing, blacklisting, shadowing, or banning content, they cease to be neutral. They take on editorial decisions. Eric, what are the next steps that can be taken in order to prevent online censorship and uphold the freedom of speech? Yeah, well, it's a great question, guys. I mean, I think think about the New York Post, right? I think you just said it. It's, I think the fourth largest newspaper in the country, one of the most recognized in the world. They didn't like the the article, so they ban everybody who posted the article. They put up a warning. They wouldn't let a link be shared. Um, I mean, they, they they were willing to ban the press secretary um, of the United States of America. You know, if they're willing to ban the press secretary, everybody listening to this should be very, very worried because it means that they're willing to ban them and. Uh, they're trying to change people's voices. They're trying to censor people's voices. In America, we've we've got the greatest country in the world, and we've got the greatest constitution in the world. And we have a, a little thing called the First Amendment right. It's not the 20th Amendment. It's not the 15th Amendment. It's the First Amendment. It's freedom of speech, uh, freedom of religion, freedom of thought, freedom of um, expression, and everything that goes with the First Amendment right. Americans do not like to be censored. Um, we have a voice in this country. It's what makes us um, the greatest democracy um, in the world. And the fact that, you know, somebody in Silicon Valley, some, you know, tech savant in, in Silicon Valley is trying to put their, 
you know, their fingers on, um, on, on a presidential election and, and the way Americans think. Americans aren't going to go for it, guys. Americans aren't going to go for it. It's, it's, it's really upset a lot of people. And I'm telling you, um, it's backfired on them in a very, very big way. It's backfired on them in a massive, massive way. And um, I think America sees who these people are. Um, they, they, they see the role that the media plays, how biased the media is in this country, um, how they've effectively become the operative arm of the um, of the Democratic Party. And, and um, you know, people see it for what it is. And um, they're doing themselves a, a big disservice, that much I can tell you. Eric, we thank you so much for your time in joining us on America's Roundtable. We wish your father the very best today, Saturday, uh, and uh, as he comes and delivers a speech in Michigan. Thank you so much indeed for joining us on America's Roundtable. Thank you, Eric. Thank you guys very much. It's an honor to be on. We'll see you very soon. This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting in Michigan. We thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I am Jolan Ansami, your co-host joined by Natasha Sardoj, economist and co-founder of the International Leaders Summit. America's Roundtable brings together leading voices from business, government, media, and the public policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and via YouTube on International Leaders Summit. Visit iLeadersSummit.org.